Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> you know I love you. Baby. Yes, I know you do. So hi everybody. Welcome back to the Hustle Is Real podcast. We are um, so pleased that you're listening in to our, gosh, it's the seventh episode. Yes. Or is it the eighth? What, counting, it's the eighth, counting yeah. the hair hustle. All oh, right, yeah, right. the eighth. Yeah, yeah, fabulous, amazing. Yeah, so we're so, getting better. We are. Are we? <laughs> of course, we are. Okay. All right. Even if we're not, we are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> amazing. So we're glad that you've uh, we've tuned in. We've got another amazing show that I'm really excited about. Um, we've got our guest Dele in. Say hi, Dele. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. You know what? I'm so, I'm, you know what? You know, you said it. I was looking a little bit on edge. I think I'm actually just so excited about this topic. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I just want it to go really I know well. you do, babe. When you want it to go well, you get more nervous. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, try and relax. Relax. I'm the, relax. Yeah. It yeah. is. It yeah. Is. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Welcome, Dele. So we've got another gentleman. On our podcast, ladies and gents that are that are listening in, we we loved having Eric on on the show, and we hope you've listened to to episode six. Um, we are one, but we really felt like we just need to hear some some more brothers' views. And um, and I was going to give us a bit of a background as to what the episode is about and why. Yeah. Why really? Yeah. So um, this. For me, this all all started um, obviously, and uh, well, not obviously, when uh, George Floyd uh, passed away. May he still rest in peace. And um, I had a couple of conversations which really wound me up, and they were with other Nigerians like me mm. who were basically saying, um, "We all need to man up, and you know, we need to handle these things, and you know, we need to better ourselves and stop crying and." And the view very much was that George Floyd was an other and mm. he hadn't done something uh, or he had done something to cause himself to be in that position. That was what those conversations were inferring. And mm-hmm. we as a people uh, need to get ourselves an education. We need to find ourselves jobs and wow. we can do better. And that really wound me up. Um, and I went back home and a few days later I did a a video which basically said that we are all George Floyd. And my message was to all black people to say, I don't care where you are, whether you're a doctor in the UK, a basketball player in the US, a commissioner or whoever important person in Nigeria, in the Caribbean, South Africa, Brazil, wherever it is you are, you are George Floyd. And in that, I referenced a book that Dele had written uh, called Fatherless that I'd read, mm-hmm. which was basically 
um, talking about Nigeria and Nigeria's origins and, and why Nigeria is today, which we'll talk about later on. Okay. And I also mentioned other books which I thought were relevant that we need to go and read history mm-hmm. to understand what happened to us as a black race that brought us all to this point where we are now all George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And history is so important and history is fascinating because you cannot understand who you are today without understanding and and almost going back. It's like an audit trail. And it all starts to sort of make sense and you kind of understand why. So today's podcast is really exploring that. And, you know, Dele is here and he'll introduce himself, piecing that together, joining the dots. So so for me, why did you feel? Because we all felt the whole George Floyd thing, you know, the emotion you know, the anger, the sadness and all of that. And I'm yeah. just imagining the conversation that you're having with your friends, with the people that you know, and just hearing what you're saying, the kind of, the coldness, the, the dismissiveness. Clearly there, there's a, such a huge disjointness between what you're there, feeling. There, and there what, is. And I don't want to point fingers at anyone no, because no. I can look at myself, right? So I was born in England, went back to Nigeria when I was five. And I, I had, you know, I was educated in Nigeria to university level. When I came back to England, age 20, um, I did not know anyone from the Caribbean. Mm. You know, everyone's Jamaican. Yeah. Barbados was some exotic place. Never heard of Grenada. So I didn't have any friends, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I was that person too yeah. who came into the country. Ah, I want Jamu. Ah, they've come. Ah, you know, kind of thing. And we are educated and all of that. Okay. And it's taking me you know, how many years of living in the UK, you know, to, you know, expand and understand. And it's a journey that we're all on. Mm -hmm. And I think this is quite, because of George Floyd and we're all George Floyd, I think it's quite important that as a race, we start to unite behind our common history. Because once you understand it, that the Africans... You know, there's this thing, the Africans sold our brothers off to slavery, you know, and and we kind of, you know, those of us who are in Nigeria who've had a, a you know, an education, we feel more superior to, to other, you know, black people. Mm-hmm. That all needs to stop. We all need to unite, come together. And the uniting force, uniting force, did I say that correctly, is our history. Okay. And we need to understand that history. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah. Because that was a moment for you. I, I feel like that was a moment for you. It was. For you putting that video out. We're going to post it on Instagram. We haven't done it on our podcast. <laughs> and you're there. You're wearing your, your Nigerian yes, football thing. Yes, yes, And, you know, it took a lot for you to, to do that yeah. and to put yourself out there. But that's yeah. how passionate yeah. you have felt. And I love the way you're just holding, you, you know, you're getting us to hold hands now. Yeah. You know, you're saying, I'm not yeah. accepting that. I'm not dismissing it I, I i'm not i'm not judging it but i'm not accepting it and we're we're going on this journey to understand yeah. and to and to and to and to reconnect and reunite yeah. so and, and great things are happening under the black lives matter movement mm. you know we're having great conversations people are doing fantastic things as as we've seen yeah and that unity i mean the younger generation are definitely not more united than than we are which mm-hmm. is which is great mm-hmm. so this is really we're already on that journey yeah so this is really just to sort of reinforce where we're going you know let's just like cement just Pack it well. Yeah. So it's concrete. Yeah. Not going there. It's not going to, yeah. not going to break. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, well done. Well done for thank putting you. the video thank out. You, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Dele is very quiet. Oh, uh, intense. Like, <laughs> I, I, love, I love that uh, build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I guess, Dele, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've referenced your book, so... Yeah, well, my story is actually very similar to yours in some respects, because I was born in uh, Nigeria, born in Lagos um, in uh, 1962. I came to this country as a seven-year-old in 1969. Mm -hmm. And um, there weren't Nigerians here. So my friends uh, were the people of the Caribbean. Right. Uh, I was uh, the ordinary guy. um, You're the African. uh, That's right. In (laughs) in those nightclubs. um, Wow. uh, Did you come with your parents? You all came together? uh, No, my parents were already here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they came uh, before I was age one. I was raised wow. in the village with my grandmother. Wow. They okay. left me behind. And my siblings had been born here. Mm-hmm. It then got to the point where they wanted me, as most uh, Nigerian parents mm. do. They want education, education. So, right, bring him over for his education. Mm-hmm. So, I flew I here. I bet you didn't sound like you do now. You would uh, have been one uh, village uh, boy. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> But they stuck me on that plane. I flew here wow. unaccompanied. Wow. Can you imagine? That's amazing. A year before in the village, next thing you're wow. in London town, uh, landing unaccompanied at uh, Gatwick Airport. Wow. And, and the only black people I'm seeing are the people of the Caribbean. Right. Um, and so that is where uh, my story started. And I was taken through the English education system. Mm. Um, I was keen on history. But the history that was taught was not our history. No. Uh, it was the, the history of England, the mm-hmm. history of everywhere else, but our history. Yeah. Wow. And so I, even though I won the history prize at, uh, uh, in my A-levels at secondary really? school, wow. I was completely ignorant about Your own history, history. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and African history. Mm. And similarly, our counterparts back in Nigeria, strangely, they taught some history but not the right history. It's terrible. This is what I observed yeah. as, as, as the discussion started unfolding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will tell you about some ancient kingdoms and this, that, but it's disparate and disjointed yeah. okay. rather than the structured tuition mm-hmm. that will help them to understand yeah. the nexus between uh, all of our peoples, mm-hmm. our peoples in all the Caribbean islands, our peoples in the Americas. And so this was the gap that I needed to fill for myself. Mm-hmm. And so initially, I didn't set out to be a historian. I simply set out to understand, firstly, the story of Nigeria, how it was put together. Yeah. When you start on a trail like that, you never know where the trail will lead you. Mm-hmm. And um, in the course of the research of the book that uh, Ella referenced, a, a, a Fatherless People, I was originally going to start that story much earlier than I did. I started that story at the point of the abolition of the slave trade. Right. Okay. And abolition of slavery. So it started around Which was, 1807 was okay. abolition of uh, the slave trade. Okay. 1833 was abolition of slavery, okay. at least as far as England was concerned. Mm-hmm. But when I was doing the research, I actually planned to start the story from the point that what we call the Oyimbo people, the white people, mm-hmm. the point at which they came to our world. Okay our coast in yeah. Africa, mm-hmm. where there was no Jamaicans, there were no yeah. Asians. Yeah. We were all there. Wow, yes. We were all there in Africa. Yeah. My, wow. and, yeah. and this was the uh, mid-16th century. Okay. And what I observed was that the, the trigger for at least the English entry into the slave trade was a curious one that many people do not understand, even the English themselves. It was this. It was Henry VIII's 
desire for a second wife. So, so, yeah, so it's the same Herring the Eighth, the same guy. The same dude. <laughs> what do you mean the same guy? The same dude with his six wives. You did, yes. What was it? The headed, the headed dad. Catherine. Yes. Whatever. Yeah, Catherine was his first wife. All right, okay. Uh, she was the daughter of the King of Spain. So, so yeah, so what we learned at school was the irrelevant part of his life. Not yes. the irrelevant, in terms of my history, the irrelevant part, which is what stuck with me as mm. a wife. And yeah. we didn't know how close we were to yeah. the source of the creation of our diaspora. Okay. Because it was his, isn't it ironic that in our lands, our fathers and our mothers had no problem with uh, second wife, third wife. If a man mm-hmm. was capable of looking after his family, uh, there was no distinction uh, or discrimination between the offspring of the second or the third wife. Okay. They were br- we didn't even use the term half-brothers or half-sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were brothers and sisters. Okay. And they grew up in the compound mm-hmm. with the wives' houses adjoining each other, okay. corporation, etc., etc. Now, here was Henry who had the one wife. And he needed, after 20-something years, he decided he wanted a second wife. He applied. Now, at this point, you've got to understand, that England was Catholic and the whole of Europe was Catholic and the Pope was the most powerful figure on earth. So in in timelines, where are we in time? We are mid-16th century. Mid-16th century. 1540s, around about there, 1550s, etc. And so Henry wants a second wife. Mm -hmm. If he had been an African, no issue. You know, just proceed. Here he had to apply to the Pope for permission to take a second wife. Mm -hmm. Now, because the Pope was dependent upon Spain as its enforcer, as far as the Pope's dictates across the world, I've told you that the Pope stood in the position of Caesar uh, in those days. So powerful, ruled the world. I didn't know that. But did not have an army. So it was Spain that was the enforcer. So, uh, but unfortunately, Catherine is the daughter of the King of Spain. Yeah. So is Henry going to get his green light to go and take his second wife? Hell no, he's not going to get it. To cut the story short, what then happens is this. Henry decides he's going to have that second wife, whether the Pope likes it or not. So he decides he's going to set up his own church. Yeah. The Church of England. Yeah. And he appoints himself the head of the Church of England. And grants himself his divorce. Yeah. And takes his second wife. What then happens is this. Because at that time, the slave trade in its early years was a, mon- was a monopoly of two countries, Spain and Portugal. Under license from the Pope, it was the Popes that granted the license. In what countries? There's the Pope in, uh, in, uh, in, in Rome. Yeah. Yes. Granting a license, a monopoly license. Right, okay. To the King of Spain mm-hmm. for, the, uh, for taking our people in, uh, into slavery in Americas. The Americas right. and the Caribbean. Right, okay. Portugal was given a license, a monopoly license, to export our people out of Africa. But so, at that time, our people were not... Um, so, so, so at that time, slavery wasn't what it became no. later on. Yes, yeah, see, this is a point of confusion. Yes. They're trying, they're always trying to say, oh, there was slavery going on yes. uh, in Africa thousands of years. Yeah. Right. It was nothing like yeah. what we then, what, what it, it became. became. Yeah. 
yeah. it became an industrial enterprise. Yeah. It yeah. became a, a, a sadistic enterprise. Yeah. Whereas, uh, it, as it was, the it, the form that it existed in our continent, in our yeah. homeland, yeah. it was almost just like an extension of a house girl. Yeah. Uh, such that you, it wasn't um, a money relationship. Yeah. You didn't pay yeah. stuff. They That's worked right. and you they yeah. fed, etc. Right. But the torture, the branding and all that stuff never happened. It never happened. Never happened. And then also you were not, you know, so so what beca- what happened in America is that you, you slaves and your descendants were then slaves. Whereas yeah. yes. in the past that that was not the case. It, it just so happened that, you know, somebody went conquered your village and you came and you worked, but you you were you were free. If, mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense, it was almost a, a little bit. I'm going to annex that next village and they're going to work for me, rather than all your descendants from and now forever are going to be beaten okay. and, and 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 enslaved completely. So, and these were genuine to to the extent that they were captives of war. These were genuine wars, not the kind of wars that happened later, yeah. which were sponsored wars in order to generate the supply. Yeah. Because wow. initially, when they went to the coast, uh, the, uh, the the Europeans, they kidnapped the first few. But of course, people get wise that as soon as those ships come, yeah, <laughs> run as far as possible. Mm-hmm. So they then had to co-opt uh, people of in on the coast to say, look, we're not after you. We will supply you weapons, guns, etc. Anything you need, you go and um, attack the next village, and you supply, yeah. uh, bring them to us, basically, and then we take them off. But I, I let me return to uh, the significance of Henry VIII. Yes. At that point, it was Portugal and Spain mm-hmm. until Henry needs his divorce. Henry then sets up his Church of England mm-hmm. to give himself the divorce. The consequence of that is this. England is no longer subject to the diktats of the Pope. Yeah. This was the original Brexit. <laughs> yes, uh, this was the original Brexit. We're leaving. We're out of here. Thank so, you. So Henry declares the equivalent of Brexit. This was spiritual Brexit. Mm. We're, we're, we're out of it. We're now the Church of England. The consequence of that is this, that the indigents of England no longer have to respect the diktats of the Pope. Okay. They can now force their way into the trade. And so this is how yeah. that's in the, it was actually Elizabeth I, uh, Queen Elizabeth I, and this is 1562, is okay. when the first slave inventors now traveled to the coast of Africa okay. and they began to uh, buy our people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and I think it's interesting because at the time, the Europeans were fighting themselves. They, they, they fought wars, especially... Um, you know, the wars when England decided to become, you know, Protestant. It didn't just happen. And therefore, the people, the peoples, the European peoples who were coming into Africa were peoples that were used to fighting amongst themselves and warring amongst themselves. So if you think of all the weaponry that was used uh, and brought in, Mm. that was because... So um, on our continent, of course, there's always, as human beings, we always know there's there are always skirmishes and there's always rivalries and things like that. 
but we did not have the extent of the, that sort of warring mentality that the Europeans had. So if you could look back in history, you think about the Spanish Armada and, you know, all the other, you know, if you, you all the history we learned here, in, 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 you know, but when, when my kids were in school, it was one war after the next, after the next. That is so true. And you see, this is why history and the narrative is so important. Because okay. the narrative is yeah. part of how you keep people, right. uh, keep people down yeah. or you lift them up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the narrative that was pushed out mm -hmm. by the victors was that these Africans were always fighting and killing themselves. There was no, whereas the reality, Africa was a land of peace. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was obvious because it was a land of abundance. It was, it was a paradise on earth. Mm -hmm. What were you killing each other for? Yeah. You had not exhausted your resources. Is it mangoes, extra mangoes? Is it bananas yep. or whatever? Yep. Is it pineapples? Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it meat? What are you struggling for? Mm -hmm. As compared with Europe, yeah, uh, which was stony ground with their harsh winters, etc. Right. So the reason they were able to come in and do as they did was simply because of superior fighting experience. Yeah. Superior fighting weaponry. Wow. You know, uh, it was the guns, etc., that changed the balance of power that enabled them to just yeah. round people up wow. in the way that they did. Right. Yeah. Okay. And of course, when Henry is pulling out of uh, the Catholic family. The Pope's not going to sit back and yep. just allow it to happen. That's when he's, he's building up the forces uh, that will come and invade England to depose uh, Henry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And within England itself, bear in mind the people were all Catholic. Okay. All of a sudden, Henry's saying, we're, we're Protestants now. Yeah. Now, faith is a powerful thing. So you can imagine... The people didn't just all of a sudden say, oh, yeah, Henry said we're all, we're all Protestants now. Yeah. We're Church of England, therefore that's it. We all switch over. There was a bloody warfare yeah. uh, in this country, yeah. even within their families. Yeah. Because Henry's first daughter, yeah. Catherine, was uh, Henry's first, sorry, first daughter, Mary, Mary. which is the daughter of Catherine. Yeah. She was staunchly Catholic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His second daughter, Elizabeth, uh, the son, uh, the daughter of Anne Boleyn, mm -hmm. was Protestants. Okay. His only son, Edward, who mm -hmm. became Edward the Sixth, mm -hmm. was Protestant. So within Henry's own family, yeah. they were trying to kill each other. Yeah. Because they didn't want the uh, the the Protestants did not want uh, Catholic Mary to take the crown yeah. because they feared that she would allow the Pope back in. Wow, yeah. amazing. And, and so this was okay. warfare within a family, mm -hmm. siblings trying to kill each other. Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth was in uh, the Tower of London, jailed by her sister. Yeah. Her sister, uh, Catholic Mary, was desperately looking for a way to take her out. Yeah. But it was only her popularity that saved her. So in the end, when Mary now died childless, it was now Elizabeth's turn to jump on the throne. And of course, now they... Protestants and the Church mm -hmm. of Englanders are the winners. They, they're the king of the castle. Yeah. Right, okay. And the Catholics then have to run for their dear lives. Yeah. And so this was England and this was Europe. Right. Warfare, mm -hmm. religious Division, warfare. Division, yeah. And so Different when degree. you then start to think about uh, the morality of uh, them uh, enslaving our people in the way that they did, they thought nothing of it. They'd be, these are people who had been killing themselves yep. wholesale for hundreds of years. So what's in um, capturing our people and uh, deploying them for work in, in the colonies, etc.? Yeah. No moral equation to it at all. Uh, and so that's the true story. And this is how 
that because that story is not taught, and we've been running with the narrative, or we our people, uh, we uh, our uh, the Africans sold uh, their brothers and sisters. Hell no. What happened was that initially they were capturing, kidnapping, and then uh, they will then induce and bribe some chiefs, supply weapons to them in order to go and uh, uh, instigate artificial wars against neighboring communities, yeah. etc. For the reward, more weapons, more alcohol, yeah. more trinkets, etc. So it wasn't as if they were running a, a market stores. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're selling our people. Why don't you come along and buy? No, it was fed. It was, so it was like it, a vicious. It was circle. all instigated. It's like a vicious circle. Absolutely. So it was the demand that was feeding and generating the supply. Yeah. Not that the supply was meeting the demand. Yeah. So so okay. So I'm I'm just thinking now. So I've got. It's so good. This is so good. Right. So. Uh, the ladies on the throne now, uh, it's a Protestant country, they're, they're coming into Africa. But what do they, when they're coming in and they're getting a piece of the slavery pie, so to speak, do they know why they're doing it? So do they, have they been, where does Christopher Columbus and have they been to the Americas and do they have an intention as to what they're going to do? Yeah. So, so me, I yes. can't. Yeah, let me explain it. Okay. You see, as I said, it was Spain and Portugal. Right. That were in the game already. Yeah. Yeah. Columbus had uh, so-called discovered America and so-called discovered Haiti and places like that. Initially, what they were doing, they were enslaving the native Indians in those places. But because those ones were in their own land, uh, it was all sorts of things were contributing to their death in huge numbers, massive suicides. Because imagine, in your own land, when you know the life you were living before these strangers came in and started mistreating and abusing yourselves. Uh, so many died, many were killed and worked to death. It was the Pope again that made the switch and said, right, no more enslaving Indians. You can have the Africans uh, instead. So when they went now to our coast and started taking, uh, in, as I said, initially kidnapping, and then later on, procuring through sponsored conflicts, etc., it was with a view to taking them into the Caribbeans where the Indians had now been wiped out because they needed to build these lands as their new homelands. So there was, the more colonies that they acquired, the greater the demand for slave labor. And, you know, I'm just going to just bring that to present day. Go on, babe, because I'm starting to get angry now. Are you? <laughs> because the thing is that sometimes um, we underestimate how conniving this, this whole thing is and how it still happens to this day. Because if you look at wars over um, countries like Libya and Syria, where there is oil, right? The same principle, the same principle applies create a conflict, create a conflict and then ship the oil out. So, so what we're talking about here for, for anyone who is listening and thinking, oh, that sounds too easy. It still happens now. You know, you, you go in there and you're after the oil, right? You know, uh, weapons of mass destruction. Anyone heard of that? And that illegal war that we, we never talk about. What was the objective of that? It wasn't to dispose of Saddam Hussein, whether he was good, bad or evil, whatever. Mm. It was to get the resources. Mm -hmm. 
simply. Yes, there's, a, there's always false narrative. Yes. And history doesn't change. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the person who's after your resources has to have a strategy to get those resources. Yes. And uh, a key part of there are just wars and then there are unjust wars. Yeah. There are wars which are just cynical and for a purpose, like you mentioned, yeah. the war against Iraq. You, you create the excuse, weapons of mass destruction. That's your cover story yeah. in order to get in, destabilize the, the place and get their resources out. Exactly. In our case, the cover story was, oh, these guys are uncivilized. Yeah. Uh, they, um, they're eating each other. Cannibalism. I laughed when I looked into that. I said, Africa, a land that's teeming with animals. I know. Of all varieties, etc. Um, and that's like the Garden of Eden. What is going to, it's only a mad person that's going to now say he's going to eat yeah. a fellow yeah. human being. Yeah. Yeah. As compared yeah. to lands where there's frosty ice and no live animals whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> how are you going to get through the winter? So you see yeah. how the story Amazing. was spun. And a, a, a peaceful peoples. And Columbus in his own records acknowledges that these people were peaceful. You know, when, you, when there's too much sun on your system, you're too as happy. our land, well, you're too happy. <laughs> uh, so, so where's your anger going to oh, come from? You know, there's so much you know, truth coming out yeah. here. We were, we were trusting. Yeah. Uh, so when they come in, say, come on in. You know, there's room yeah. for... And you know what? We're still like that today. We're well, still yes. like that. And that is why, you know, and, you know, I, I, I'm always... A, you know, a little bit like, I don't want to talk white, black and, and everything, but, you know, this is where we are now. This, this is how we speak now. And still to this day, one of the things to talk about in terms of white fragility is the fact that because what, what was done and what was, is so bad, a lot of white people are scared that we are going to get angry and and in the in especially when you go back to, to sort of the you know but we're uh, not already angry well well but but they're scared <laughs> that we're going to come and we're going to do something do bad, them something do them something yeah but but what what we what again with history is that we're not that kind of people you know we're not we're, we're not that kind of people we're not that kind of right I'm going to come and you know you, you know are. Stab. <laughs> <laughs> it's not us it's you <laughs> so anyway <sighs> so um I'm, I have a question for you Dele so um. How so? So so it's all started. It's all you know. They're doing so divide and conquer. You know, sort of, uh, you know, create a bit of chaos there. Let's take the people out. That's all happening. But the, at what is was at what point did they now decide that ah, you know what, these people that we're bringing into to the Americas, let's make them permanently enslaved peoples because that was actually a decision that was made. It didn't just happen. Whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, babe, slow <laughs> down. Slow, he's just like jumping in, slow down. So before you, before you turned up, me and Dele was talking, and we was, we was going, and we were talking about the religious right. element okay. of it now. So we're now, he's taken us on a journey. We're now, they're now coming in. They're using weapons. They're, they're coercing. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about how they're transporting us and what the, the okay. narrative of... Okay. Some of the names that they use. Yes. Because I mean, that's the, so powerful. It is. Because what, what's my new book on the slave trade is titled A Slave Ship Called Jesus. Hmm. And when I say that, people look in shock and horror, especially our people. Yes. They said, what? The truth is that Excellent title. there was a slave ship called the Jesus of Lubeck. And there was another slave ship called hmm. The Grace of God. And that set me thinking, so hold on a moment. How do you reconcile yeah. 
these two irreconcilables. Mm -hmm. The evil of this tree. Yeah. And, and uh, the faith. Yeah. Uh, religion, Christianity. Mm -hmm. How is it that slave traders were writing hymns like Amazing Grace that all our people love to sing? Mm -hmm. And how sweet the name of Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Same slave trader mm -hmm. who wrote this. Right. So this uh, oxymoron set me off to say, I need to understand better the relationship between religions, Christianity, and slavery. What became clear was that, as I explained, Europe and England were very religious church attendance was compulsory. Okay. Whether they were Catholics or Protestants, mm -hmm. church attendance was. It's not like now you go if you want to. Mm. So how is it that people are going to church and then you have the slave trade next door? What emerges, uh, and what I discovered in my research was this, that the way they sustained slavery, they made sure that it was taking mm. place offshore. So the our people who were enslaved were not brought into England. Right. Because they didn't want the people, because ordinary people all over the world are decent peoples. These were the viciously greedy. Yeah, absolutely. The evil. Mm -hmm. And so that, like Guantanamo Bay, has got to take place away from the prying eyes of the mm -hmm. public. And so when I, have a, when I think of the islands of the Caribbean these days. Right. The Jamaicans, the Barbados, yeah. the, the Dominicans, the Martinique, yeah. etc. Mm. Yeah. I see them differently because these were like concentration camps. Yeah. The pe wow. Our people could not escape, surrounded by waters. Yeah. Wow. Far removed from the eyes of the public. So they could go to church in England, they could go to church in, in, in France, in Spain, etc because our people were not in the mainland. They were far removed. Yeah. So they could be killed and tortured and abused. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, there was no law. That's why I say Guantanamo Bay. They could do it. In fact, Guantanamo Bay is better yeah. than what our people experienced. Yeah. And the turnaround, when people then ask me, you know, okay, so when, when did it stop? Why did it stop? Did they suddenly realize it was wrong? Mm. The narrative that they again sell to us, because I keep saying it's all about the narrative, and it's important for our people to understand the story from our own perspective, not the narrative that they push out every time. So the narrative that they pushed out was that, oh, it became, uh, we realized it was immoral. That was a different age uh, with different value systems. So they didn't know it was evil. No, bollocks. rubbish. Absolute bollocks. Total rubbish. Yeah. So where are we now in time? So we're, we're, na we're now, 15th, so it's, 16th century. it's running smoothly. 1500s, 1600s, yeah. 1700s is running smoothly until you get to a key incident, which was the American War of Independence, the Declaration of American Independence, 1776. So when did Haiti... Haiti, Haiti's, Haiti's liberation, and that's an important story for our people to understand. Haiti's liberation came later. Was it later? This okay. was 1790s. Right. Now, what happened was this. The Americans decided that they wanted to independence yeah. from England. Mm -hmm. 
Now, that hits England hard because why? The name of the game in the slave trade was that you needed offshore land, plenty. The more you had, the more slaves you could have. So it, uh, America was a major repository for the slaves that Britain was acquiring. Yeah. They had Jamaica was the main, one of the main islands. Yeah. America was one of the islands. Yeah. So when the Americans now decided that they're breaking free, yeah. that's going to change the pecking order. Yeah. Because the name of the game, as I said, was yeah. slaves or mass, free labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Spain at this point still had the whole of Latin America. Uh, Portugal had Brazil. France had Louisiana and Canada. So all the other players will have still been in the game. Yeah. Is at that point that they now said, we've got to shut the, sleep, yeah. the trade yeah. down. Yeah. Because that they were was, going to be on the losing side. That was now. the beginning of the process. Yeah. And what, um, what's more, because in the course of the, the war of independence, they were using our people as troops so yeah. these 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 were enslaved peoples. Yeah. Because their life is is yeah. is at your disposal. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to send your sons and daughters to mm-hmm. go and fight the war? You're going to deploy our people yeah. to go and fight the wars. Yes. Right. And so, but in that process, our people have learned to fight and learned to use the modern weaponry. It's hard to hold a man down in those circumstances mm. once you've balanced the knowledge and balanced the power. Mm. So the seeds of abolition were sown then. Because many, after the end of the war, many of those uh, who were promised freedom at the end of the war. In return for their in fighting return, services. In return for their yes, fighting. Not, not just for, you know. No, no, it wasn't gratuitous. <laughs> it said, fight for us. Uh, yep. If we were at the end of the war, we will free you. <laughs> of course, if you die in the course of the war, that, well. that's it. Uh, but at the end of the war, we'll free you. So at the end of the war now, on both sides, because both resorted to the same tactics. Right. To say, right, we'll recruit the will deploy the Africans against you. So at the end of the war, we now had uh, Africans in London and we had Africans in America. They now had a problem because they weren't ready for a multicultural society. It was never the plan that our people should be in London and in America. So what we're going to do with these liberated Africans, we're not going to keep them around. So that's when the strategy to export repatriate them. And they were sent back to Sierra Leone. That's how Sierra Leone was created, to take the British ones. And uh, Liberia Liberia. was created in order to take the American ones. Really? Yes, that was the genesis. So these are the points that really underline how close the connection is between our people in the West Indian islands and the people back home. Because many of them in that situation were sent back to Sierra Leone. They're now Sierra Leoneans for many generations. They're Liberians. Liberia did not exist prior to now. Sierra Leone did not exist prior to this point. Really? They were created especially as repositories for the returnees, as it were. And when returnees... Sierra Leone was 1808, was formally made a colony in 1808. Because abolition was 1807. Look at the timeline. Okay. Abolition of the slave trade was 1807. Mm -hmm. So immediately you say, okay, where are we going to part them? We're not going to keep them in London. They didn't want us here. They didn't want us in America either. Got to ship them out. Okay. Uh, Because again, the fear of consequences, revenge, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you've got to take them offshore once more. Now, the events that happened in America 
um, where you now had uh, uh, emancipated Africans. That news travels. Our people in Jamaica hear the news. Mm -hmm. Our people in Haiti hear the news. So this is what now um, triggers and spurs the slave uprisings mm -hmm. in Jamaica and Haiti. Mm -hmm. And the important part of the story that comes out in this new book is this. We're led to believe that slavery was abolished and the slave trade was abolished because of the Hmm. The, the moral turnaround. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's wrong because if it had been a moral thing, <laughs> slavery would not have been followed immediately by colonization of Africa. Yeah, you see, that it wow. happened back to back. Really, and and this is the, this really? this to me is where we get what? to with George Floyd. So yeah, so the two things are, are linked. And, yeah. yeah. So if it had been a moral turnaround. Yeah. colonization would not have followed yeah. immediately. The seeds yeah. of colonization started in the wake of abolition. Wow. And they started in the wake of, in, in terms of timing, you have to bear in mind that they've been supplying all these weapons, exporting our people out. Guess what's weakened? The motherland's weakened now because they've lost, you know, how many million people had they've lost mm -hmm. as, as well. So this is also, so as much as, um, people were leaving and, and exporting our people out. The people left behind were not sort of sitting there thinking, wow, this is, this is great, you know. There, there's an impact on the, on the motherland as well, oh, which right. is why they were able to colonize the, the motherland all within that sort of 1800 time. A huge one. Yeah. You can imagine cousins, neighbors, friends, yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden disappeared out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we all often under, we only sometimes focus on this issue on the basis of the ones who were taken away. Yeah. But the communities out of which they were wrenched yeah. mm -hmm. were completely destabilized. These wars destabilized yeah. them. Yeah. It was difficult now to sleep at night because yeah. you're for fear that the slave raiders will come at yeah. night again. Yeah, so the whole society was torn upside yeah. down. You had set villages and against villages. Yeah. You had set yeah. towns against yeah. towns. Yeah. And weapons were now proliferating yeah. right across the right across the country. So these are the seeds of the turbulence right. that we still have uh, right now. Yeah. So when now the, um, as I said, that uh, uh, 1807 was the abolition of the slave, of slave trade, but the real reason, the real reason was actually our people liberated themselves. Yeah. So in the book, I draw a distinction between those who were campaigning for abolition of the change of the law, this is the Wilberforces, etc. cetera, mm. just change of the law, that's one form of abolition. Yeah. But change of the reality mm. and the fact of slavery was done through the barrel of the gun by our people. Yeah. The, the, the Sam Sharps in uh, Jamaica. Yeah. The Toussaint Louverture. Yeah. In Haiti. in Haiti, our people had to fight their way out. Yeah. They, they were not given this thing on the plate. Yeah. There was because there was no moral turnaround. Yeah. Okay. As far as they were concerned, these islands we can hold it by force of arms. Okay, and uh, Toussaint is a fantastic story, amazing, uh, incredible story, where these guys with limited fighting experience, mm. but using the experience that they had, rallied their people. The odds were against them in terms of weaponry. What was in their favor? was the numbers, the ratio mm -hmm. of Africans yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the slavers. Because the slavers were always relying on the weaponry. But once our people now knew how to use that weaponry, mm. they fought to the death. They did. And now 
it was no longer sustainable. That was the real reason it wasn't sustainable. But then the important thing, once they realize it's not sustainable, they quickly run ahead to control the narrative that we abolished it. And I think the other thing, linking that back to uh, George VIII, England and France and the rest of Catholic Europe are still not friends. So by the time this is all playing out in the Americas mm. and in the Caribbean, don't forget as well, they're conquering islands, they're fighting each other. So mm. they're not friends. Mm. So if you know, if you look at St. Lucia, it was once French, then it's English. Yeah, yeah, Grenada, yeah. Once, yeah. So they're yeah. not friends. Yeah. So when the English start to lose out in terms of losing out uh, North America, um, losing out some of the other Jamaican, losing out control, they had to also change the narrative because they were also scared that they would lose out to France and to to the rest of Europe as well. Mm -hmm. So this was also a game being played out between the European countries as well. um, And and who was going to get get the upper hand okay. they had to play that game mm-hmm. because if they all if if england had not fought for the abolition of slavery and that had continued but they lost their colonies and france continued to 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 practice slavery then france would have been the the, the, the bigger power had the upper hand okay. that, that's right okay so that was also playing out all going back again to the fact that um Henry did his first Brexit. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah because it, it's, um, it, it, the slave trade was the seed of economic success. Yeah. The Industrial Revolution happened in England because England was the biggest player in the slave trade. Yeah. It's by far and away a huge margin. Yeah. So the super profits yeah. from that trade then feed research they feed the, the libraries. They feed the, the development of books, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The leisure life. The all in that timeline. So it's all in that timeline. Absolutely. So Same you, timeline. The, the Industrial Revolution, you date it to 1750. Um, but the slave trade is still kicking off at that yeah, stage. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, in fact, it starts earlier, but yeah. they normally point to yeah. 1750. Yeah. Because with those super profits, you can fund research now. Yeah. Uh, discoveries. Yeah. All these discoveries, what we were reduced to, we were reduced by virtue of this experience to almost spectators in the game of life. Yeah, Yeah. I read this Whereas those ones who had the super profits could now sit back and think further forward, think ahead, improve the weaponry. It is almost like it's like a balancing, it's like a skill, isn't it? So basically, as Africa got underdeveloped by Europe, Europe got developed. So, so literally the scales just tipped. And, and the tipping point, what, what tipped it was this slave trade. Now, again, the reason why we're all George Floyd, and I'm just going to make sure that yeah. we bring that back in, yeah. was that the, the, our people that were in the diaspora that suffered for the effects of slavery had challenges, but the rest of the motherland was underdeveloped mm. as Europe got Weakened. developed. Mm. And therefore, we also yeah. are now still suffering to this day the effects of, of mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to, I, I want to make sure that we always bring it back to, to, to that point because that, that's absolutely critical. So it's like we all, different, you know, our, our people got, you know, went to the diaspora, we remained back home, but the, 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 the end point is the same. The, yeah. the, the, the outcome what's, of it is the same. What's, what's, what, what I learned today was the colonization yeah. started straight up. So 
Absolutely. 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 Back to back. Talk about that. Well, this is it. And interestingly, again, this is what would really underpin the connection between our people uh, in Africa Mm -hmm. and our people in the West Indies Mm -hmm. and the America. Mm -hmm. Because when they now decided that, okay, we're not going to take the, we can't take them out any longer because they're rebelling in Haiti, they're rebelling in Jamaica, we can't hold this game any longer. Yeah, Yeah, we lost lost control. What are we going to do instead? We know we have the weaponry superior to, uh, weaponry that's superior to what they have in the continent. We now need to use them in their homeland, like they were doing to the Indians, as I said at the beginning, in their own homeland. Now mm-hmm. we're, going to use, we're not going to take them out any longer. We're going to use them. But how are they going to get in? It's recent, those who were recently taken out of Africa, who were still speaking the languages, who are now in Jamaica, who are now in Martinique, mm-hmm. who are now in Barbados, mm-hmm. those were now going to be deployed as the pathfinders to gain entry. Because now you're going to move in. You know, during the slave trade, they, yeah. were, they were staying offshore. Yeah. They were relying on the coastal kings. Yeah. Okay. You go into the interland with a weaponry and bring them out. Now that game is over. Now we're, they're coming, colonization means we're coming in. How are they going to get in? They yeah. need the languages. Yeah. They need the people who know the way. And the people who know the way are the ones who were recently taken out of the place, <sighs> who still know the language and still know the routes and the pathways, etc. So what they started to do was to now Christianize them. This is why there was mass baptisms in in the English islands, in Jamaica, the mass baptism around around about 1807. There was actually, a, a can you imagine, there was a Bible specially written for slaves because they didn't want them to... I need na- to see that. <laughs> I need to see yes, that. Yes, it was, it was actually published... I've got a lot of reading It to was do. published in 1807, the same year as abolition of the slave trade. Because bear in mind the important detail, they weren't abolishing slavery at this point. Mm. It was only the slave trade right. they were abolishing. So the ones who were enslaved were still slaves. Mm. Notwithstanding the abolition of the trade, there was not going to be no fresh supplies. Right. But the ones you got, they're still slaves. So now you're going to deploy those ones as pathfinders to get into the mainland. So now they are now introduced to Christianity. They, they, so many of them are now engaged as missionaries to now take the Bible into Africa. So that becomes the pathway to come in get into the mainland, in the interland proper, now with the Bible in hand, to Christianize. And the Christianization is a first step towards colonization. And it all happens back to back. So 1833 was abolition now of slavery. But the expedition, uh, the Niger expedition, up the river Niger to get in, with returnee slaves right. on board, recently emancipated now, on board, 1841. Wow. Obviously, these things have to be prepared, etc. Et yeah. So yeah. 1833 is the law uh, uh, passed to ab- abolish slavery. But it doesn't just happen simply because she yeah. passed the law. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be the transitional yeah. period. Yeah. But by 1843, uh, you've got the 
Niger Delta mission, Niger mission, mm. going exploring up the river Niger in order to fire it. Then the climate again, because of the humidity uh, on our coast, uh, the problem of the mosquitoes, etc. Mm. Again, it's our people who were recently taken out, mm. who are working on the plantations in the Caribbean, etc., who can cope with the climates. Mm. It's not going to be Europeans who are going to come because they're dying off by virtue of the mosquito. But the, our own people are the ones now being brought back in. So as we get into the, the story of Africa, and I'll link that, um, I'm, I, I hate to say this, I sound like, like I'm at work, but just looking at the time, and we need to get to, we need to, get to this. No, I'm lo- I've looked at it as well. You have yeah. you, have you? Okay, yeah. so how do we get to 1884? Yes. Because now they, they, they're coming in now, but it's not just the British that are coming in. The French are coming in to, to Africa, the Germans, everyone's Europeans are now coming in. So how, how did we get to 1884? Yeah, you see, they do compare notes, and they've always compared notes. Now we've got this problem of uh, the slave trade no longer sustainable, slavery no longer sustainable. What's our way forward? And they compare notes. This is why uh, Liberia was created around about the same time as... Who's comparing notes? Europeans. The Europeans. They're they're friends now. Yeah, yeah, oh, they've always been friends. They they, they do their fights, and then when there's a common interest, they recognize the common interest. And say, look, we're not going to fight each other on this thing. Uh, let's compare notes. So what are you guys going to do about these emancipated slaves? Oh, we're going to create a colony. I'm going to call it Liberia on the coast of West Africa. We found a place where we can send them back to. Oh, we'll do the same. We'll find a place called uh, uh, Sierra Leone. And we're going to send our ones there. Okay, what's the next step after that? Well, we don't want to start fighting again. You know, we've had massive wars in Europe. Uh, we don't want to go back to that, you know, the Napoleon, Napoleonic Wars, mm-hmm. etc. Too much blood has been shed in you. Let's not fight over it. We fought over America. We're not going to fight again. Let's just sit around the table. And this is 1884. Yeah. Let's just sit around the table and agree between ourselves, like civilized. You know, we're the civilized one. Yeah. Sit around the table and decide who's going to get what slice of, 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 of the action. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they Go sit on. down, Go they on. carve up, they Go carve on. up the continent. Is this real? <laughs> <laughs> the Berlin Conference listen, of 1884. Listen, I saw a, a, I'll something never on Instagram where there's a picture of Africa, right? And every country in the world is mapped into Africa. That's right. I'm like, pardon? Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly how And you're happened. carving that up. Who are you? That's exactly Who how Who are you from there? To- well, this is, this, is, this, is, this is the dots we've got to connect, right? So slavery ends. Now, they've lost their income. They need to come into Africa. Africa is weakened. They all kind of say, okay, let's be friends, um, you know, kind of thing. And let's sort of, you know, figure this out. And they sit down together and they divvy it up amongst that, that, themselves. Exactly. So okay. 1833, abolition of slave, slavery. Now we're going to go in. This is where the explorers, you know, when we're at secondary school, they're teaching us about uh, 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 the Lander brothers <laughs> and uh, 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 I forgot some of the names of the other ones, uh, Livingstons, etc. Yeah. These are these are spies. These are intelligence agents okay. dressed up as explorers who are finding the paths of the rivers because yeah. the rivers were the roads there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you need to map the place out. So right. the maps yeah. are now drawn up, okay. etc. And then you get to 1884, the scramble, because at this point, they're beginning to rush, grabbing different chunks, and mm-hmm. it's going to lead to warfare. Yeah. And so uh, Germany, 
uh, Chancellor Bismarck says, hold on a second. We don't need to fight over this thing. Let's do it a European way. Let's have a conference. I'll host a conference in Berlin. And all you guys come in as delegates. We'll put the map on the table. And we have to adopt a criteria to decide who gets what. And so uh, the criteria that they adopted was, they called it effective control. If, you, if you've, 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 what they call, pacified the place with your weapons, you're in control of that place, then you can, you can claim that territory and you can follow that land all the way on a straight line. That's why the, when you look at the maps of Africa, yeah. the boundaries are all straight yeah. lines. So yeah. starting from the area of the coast, which you've pacified, yeah. Yeah. you can follow it inwards mm-hmm. until you cross somebody else's line. Okay. So that's how the whole place. So regardless of the reality of the nations that were there, the Igbo nation, the Yoruba nation, the Ijor nation, the Hausa nation, those natural organic Fulani boundaries all were all ignored. Just follow the line, and then that gives you a space called Nigeria. Wait, who called it Nigeria then? Uh, that was the wife of... Uh, the of, mistress. Of the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was actually the wife. She was a mistress initially, and yeah, the, the wife of uh, Lugard, who was the colonial governor in, that the British appointed uh, to pacify and control that area. So it was his wife. So and that, 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 that's call? a whole book in itself. So that's Dilly's book. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's the other one. Uh, the Fatherless people. Fatherless, fatherless people. Yeah, okay. That, that explains, explains that. such a powerful Because when I, when I read that book, because one, one of the things that struck me with that book, Dilly, was that, like you said, it was one part. So Nigeria is a big country. Mm. And how many tribes are we? Uh, uh, well, I never use the word tribes. Yeah. Ethnic groups. Ethnic groups. <laughs> because the tribes uh, I know, is, it mis- just has, is misleading. Yeah, yeah. It is. Right. It they, is. They, they use that language deliberately. Because it, yeah. the Welsh, mm. the Welsh are 1.2 million in population. Mm. They're called a nation. The Yoruba are over 40 million, 50 million. Yeah. And they call a tribe. Yeah. A tribe of which nation? Yeah, yeah. If you have your own language, yeah. your own heroes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have yeah, your yeah, own yeah. geographical space, yeah. that is not a tribe yeah. of a, some larger nation. Yeah. So uh, they use language to confuse us. So they're yeah. called Nigeria nation. It's yeah. not a nation. Okay. It's a country. Mm-hmm. And within that country, they are nations. They're nations. Ancient nations. Ancient, yes. They're all put into a sack. And some of them split, you know. So you've got you've got parts of the Yoruba nation in Togo. Yeah. And to this day, in Togo, the Yoruba peoples in Togo uh, have issues because they are lumped in with other mm. nations as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not just and and you know and and I just want to just say, Denny. So so 1884 happened, mm. and you know Africa was carved up, and Nigeria was created. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we can that's that's a whole podcast yeah. in its own. Yeah. But then what then happened was that the first world war happened, our friends were fighting each other again. Then the second world war happened, they had another fight again. And then what happened was that as a result of the second world war, where the US had to intervene and save them from the Germans, the US thought, hmm, I think this is our time now to to go on top. So you know what, Britain, you see all that that empire that you have, you've got to let it go now. You've got to let it go because we want to be the superpower now. So that is why, again, so with colon, colonial, <laughs> help me out. Colonialism. Colonialism. 
That is why, again, when we get our independence, very much like the abolition of slave trade, it wasn't like, oh, we're so good and we're so kind and we're just going to leave. No, it wasn't. It was the U.S. saying, if we're going to come in and save you from the Germans, you're going to give this up. And that's how we got our independence. So it's the same thing. So history is fascinating because things keep on repeating themselves. And until you start to understand the pieces of it and how things happen, Mm. you're sitting here today and you're looking and thinking, what's happened to George Floyd? And we we now know a little bit more about Jim Crow. We now know a little bit more about redlining. Mm -hmm. We now know all those things. But in the same way, and, and this is something that I talk about in my little video, in the same way that we see Africans crossing the Sahara Desert to come into Libya, to come into Europe, and we look at, oh, they're all dying in the sea. Why is that? Why is that? And one of the examples that I give is I look at Francophone Africa. This is the one that just blows my mind. Out of everything we've talked about today, this one blows my mind because when France was forced to let go of Francophone Africa because they... Uh, Americans saved them from the Germans. So you have to bear this in mind. Right. So, so, so they same were on... Story. Yeah, same story. Mm-hmm. Same story. So they now have to let go. But they made Francophone Africa sign a colonial pact, which basically said, you're going to give us all your money to this day, to today. You're going to give us all your money and we're going to give you, I think it's 15% of it back for you to build your hospitals and roads. So we're going to take your money, all of it, we're going to give you some back because we're really nice and we're kind. And actually, if you need another 5% to get to 20% of your money, you're going to borrow that money back. So anything over and above the 15% which you give it, you borrow it back. And that happens to this day, today, right? Now, there's been a bit of pressure on France to, to, to change this and there's been some discussion, but we need to wisen up and, and, and be aware from history that you have to fight this battle. Because if you look again at Haiti, one of the reasons why Haiti is so poor today was because for them to be, they fought for the freedom, but they couldn't trade, could they? Because the people they needed to trade with were, you know, they were in Haiti, the Americas and and, and, and everything. So they were forced to pay um, 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 reparations. reparations. You see, uh, this is the George uh, Floyd points. Yeah. If Africa and the nations of Africa were functioning the way they should have been functioning organically without the colonial European intrusion, there will be dynamic countries. The best minds will be running each of those countries. How many mm-hmm. thousands there are, they'll be running those countries. Africa will be respected. And when Africa is respected, the George Floyds are not disrespected in their land. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're not disrespected in the Caribbean. They're not disrespected in America because people can see how their country is doing. The disrespect for the lives of George Floyds and the race treatments uh, of our people in the diaspora is because what is the condition of Africa that yes. it's, we've been reduced to by virtue of these intrusions and the way our legs have been tied together, different national groups with different languages put into the same sack yeah. and climbing on top of each other in a struggle to try and survive such that they're not able to perform uh, as they're supposed to. We're, as I said, we're reduced to 
spectators mm-hmm. in the game of life where everybody else is developing this, inventing this and all the rest of that. We're busy scrambling on top of ourselves by virtue of the conditions we've created. That is what underpins race relations. This is what underpins the sense of white supremacy because mm-hmm. Africa has been stifled, Africa remains shackled by virtue of these false constructs that they left behind. Haiti, there's a world of difference between independence that is granted to you mm. and independence which you win. Mm-hmm. The independence that was granted to Nigeria and all those countries, Ghana, etc., was granted not one. When it's granted to you, it's granted on conditions con- and yeah. terms. Yeah. You won't change this, you won't touch this, you won't touch yeah. that. Yeah. Haiti won its independence. Right. It fought to the last man. Yeah. When it won and they surrendered, Haiti was now able to dictate its terms. But of course, they couldn't come to terms with an independent mm. African country yeah. that had won its freedom. Mm. So they had to break Haiti. Okay. And that's how they, they ganged up to isolate it, not trade with it, etc., as they did it for Mugabe. In Zimbabwe, yeah. sanctions. We're not going to trade with them. Shut them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't supply them anything. Yeah. And then stir up conflict within Haiti. That's yeah. why now we look at the Haiti's history. Yeah. It was not the glorious history of Haiti at independence under black rule. Wow. It, Haiti was rich. Yeah. Wow. Haiti was powerful under yeah. Toussaint Louverture. Yeah. It was the richest country yeah. uh, on, the, on, on the earth. Wow. But it had to be taken down. Wow. And, and it's that narrative that feeds into the George Floyd. You've got to leave them where they are, never let them rise, tie their legs together, such that they'll be... So do you see what happened in a nutshell? I'll end on this note. Mm. We saw how when they came, they had a history of religious conflict and warfare behind them. Our land was peaceful mm. and plentiful. Mm. By virtue of the intrusion, the roles were reversed. Yeah. Our land was left in conflicts and poor. Theirs ended up peaceful and rich. Those who were called the uncivilized and who the so-called civilized were bringing civilization to, what kind of civilization is that? Because... Our land was the civilized one, yeah. where we shared, we were generous, we lived in peace, we had no reason to fight each other. So the uncivilized infected us with their uncivilized conduct and took our civilization. Delay, yeah. man. Delay, 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 delay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, ho- I hope we've done. I hope we've done it justice. What? Are you crazy? Yeah, I hope we've done it justice. <laughs> I'm slapping her for you. This is. Thank you so much. I have enjoyed learning. I'm excited about the book. Does it end on that note? Does it? Does it? It feels like it does because it. It is. Was, yeah. It is telling our story for the very first time. Yeah. It, and it's because it has to be thoroughly researched. Yeah. You can't just put anything out. Yeah, and yeah. it's supported by evidence. So, yeah, um, a slave ship called Jesus. And tell us 
how long it took you to write that book? Oh, lockdown. I, I, lockdown, <laughs> yeah? You hear I, that? I, yes. I know. I, know. I, I started writing it when lockdown was imposed. And uh, I've just I finished I thought it. he was going to say years. <laughs> so you know what? Next lockdown, if we have one, I'm waiting for the yeah, next. The, next yeah. lockdown. You no know, more because, lockdowns. Because before we started the podcast, Ella was talking about, you know, how, you know, wh- where next? Yeah. You know, yes. so I, I could get lost in this. And I know one of the things I am going to commit to do is is just delving deeper into the richness of of who we are. Mm. Um. But there's another element of it, and I feel like that's in you still. Is 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 how do we, how do we move forward? The way forward. The way yes. forward is so critical. And I, and I and I know it's there. So uh, yeah. I think I think I think we're already moving forward, and I think that the history is a key part of it. And I'll implore anyone, please, if you've enjoyed this, share it widely. Yes. Share, share, share. Yes. And just make sure that. As a peoples, we're doing this already, but we need to get better of it. Let's hold each other's hands and let us recognize our shared history, the shared pain, the shared trauma. Let's not pull each other down. Um, let us make sure that we understand, you know, for for our brothers and sisters in 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 in, in the Americas and the Caribbean, come home, come and see your your long lost cousins, visit. Uh, you know, we we want to, we want to 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 hold your hands as as well, um, and also for my African brothers and sisters, you know, uh, we lost our, our cousins. You know, embrace them. So you know, we just need to understand what happened, and we just need to embrace each other and not pull each other down. You know, come together and and unite and, and come together. If we can do that and research more, and understand more, and then see another. African person, wherever it is they are, and and know that you know this, what happened, and not judge them or beat them up or, you know, put them down or whatever it is. That 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 to me is great. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of the reasons why we've we've come together in this podcast is, you know, African Caribbean. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah. 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 No. All right. Okay, wow. on that on that note, thank you. Please share if you've enjoyed it, if you've learned something. Follow us on Instagram as well, please. And and make comments. And um, you know, one of the things we really want to do is 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 get more engagement. You know, podcasting is great because we can talk, 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 talk. But um, have you enjoyed it? Have you not enjoyed it? What do you want to talk about? This is a movement now, so we we want to, you know, we want to make sure that we're hitting the spot and that we're, we're we're getting as much from you as you are from us. So, and finally, yeah. thank you, Dilly. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yes, you're I'll coming be, back. I'll be back. <laughs> you know, you're coming back. <laughs> you have to do the next book first. <laughs> but a fatherless, a fatherless nation, a fatherless people, a fatherless people, and a slave ship called Jesus coming out soon. Coming out. Hopefully, soon. a movie. Indeed, Good to yes. make that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. Well done. Okay. All right. Ciao. That's a woman, she, I, queen, woman.